We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Road of His. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Road of His College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college DFS, and college football betting advice, and definitely some unabashed homerism. And finally, finally, we get to talk about games. I'm your host, Dave Monaco, and I am joined by Matt Wispay, the king of homerism himself. Are you ready for the Buckeyes, man? Are you ready for this tomorrow night? Yes. Mm, and there's yes. our show. <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, I've been waiting for this moment for like six months. I've uh, been literally spend about a third of my life on Bucknuts on 247 Sports. I, um, yeah, I have multiple Buckeye lists where I'm just following beat reporters. I have multiple Buckeye only podcasts that I listen to. And uh, yeah, I, I consume too much Buckeye content. And then I, I guess I produce Buckeye content. Is yeah. Buckeye? Yeah. It's about I mean, 30% Buckeye. Homerism baby. We, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yo, I'm excited, yeah. man. Uh, week one is here. Week zero was fun too. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the Nebraska Illinois ridiculous game, even though it was so much big. It was Big Ten joy. It was gross. I, I loved every second of that game. I watched some of the other games that were actually, you know, fun and had offense. I don't care. You know what the best play of the day was? The best play of the day was a kick or a punt returner forgetting that he shouldn't try and catch mm. the ball at the one yard line. Putting his knee on the ground and then thinking, maybe they didn't notice. I'm just going to throw the ball forward. (laughs) It was so gross. It was the best play I've watched from a pure aesthetic terribleness. I loved it. And I'm sitting there and then topped off by the fact that Scott Frost just says, oh, well, we were fully expecting them to come out with an odd odd man front. Uh, We were prepping for, we only were prepping for an odd man front. So once they came out with an even front, we were just, we had to throw out half our playbook and I'm just like, that feels like you're not a good coach. Yeah. I feel um, like you just got yourself fired, buddy. <laughs> like, and oops. I will, it's funny because so I've been, I've kind of been thinking about this point all week and it's, I don't necessarily think Scott Frost is a bad coach. I don't actually, I, I think he's going to, after he eventually moves on from this job, which will, if they can get the buyout down, will be after this year. And if not, then it'll be at some point uh, soonish. 
Bo Afri moves on. I think he'll be a good offensive coordinator. But the one thing I have to just point out that's pretty impressive is Illinois it just knows who they are. They are very – it seems like Brett Bielma came in, implemented his culture, implemented his strategy, and said, guys, we don't, we're not going to try and beat you with anything fancy. We're just going to go out there. We're going to play Big Ten football. We're yep. going to act like it's 2004 all over again, and we're just going to run, 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 run. And we're going we're gonna to win. We're going to have an eight-minute drive, and that's going to be the thing. It is gross. It is that, but they are so self-aware, and they didn't make the dumb mistakes. And it was – I mean, I felt very good when all of a sudden the game was 2 nothing. <laughs> and I looked, and I'm like, I'm on Illinois money line, and I'm I really think they're going to take this. They're up by two. Yeah. Um, it was oh, great. so gross, so gross. I mean, you had the safety, you had a couple missed extra points, you had the uh, fumble return for a touchdown. I mean, that's the I mean, game right there. I let's, mean, let's let's we had that game at fifty four and a half. We both ended up hitting our under. We'll again, we'll run through this a little bit later, but like that game kicked off. The line, the total at kickoff was 52 and a half. It went under. Yeah. Because it got to 52. There were two missed extra points. Right. How gross do you feel if you were an over better in that game? Well, I mean, also like defensive touchdowns, safeties. I mean, it's all just grossness. It's just, you know, hail Big Ten. Hey, let's. It was let's, amazing. Real quick, uh, just to remind you guys of our. Uh, I know some people are probably just now jumping into the podcast now that the football season is actually here. So, like we've said all off season, we're switching things up a little bit. We're going to start with you know some news, maybe talk a little bit about some of the big games. Real quickly, go through um, how we did last week, and then we're going to spend most of our time uh, spending ten units of you know uh, units. Capital. <laughs> yeah, capital. Thank you. Um, on bets so you can put all we can put all 10 bets on or all 10 units on one bet or split them up however we like uh, but that's what we'll be doing and then we finish off the show with a little dfs so we really are uh here to help you um get, get ready for the week get some bets out there get some dfs lineups ready to go uh we probably won't talk about debbie as much in season unless there's someone who's just popping off that we need to talk about um but for the most part we'll be uh you know getting you ready for your for your betting let's let's talk a little I mean, bit about have, i want to mention one debbie thing yeah, yeah, yeah um so Stephen carr was named the starter of indiana and i just want to make it very clear value up on that guy value up yeah but you better do that uh today before the game kicks off because after i think after this week i think it'll be too that expensive. comment was directed at one person who might be listening and i hope you heard it and i hope you know i still don't actually feel that way <laughs> um. uh yeah travis and i talked a little bit about car on um on a college canton podcast earlier this week uh so he's if you have tra travis likes him a lot more than i do um but bad. let's let's talk a little bit about week one some of the big games we've got uh georgia clemson you've got miami bama bama who am i <laughs> jesus christ miami alabama um what are you looking for here bama, what do you that's why yeah well i said bama like i said it crazy well, like fair. Um, I'm a You're trying to move there. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. So, so Georgia yeah, Clemson. Let's, here we go. Let's, I mean, Georgia Clemson is clearly like the highlight game of the season. And I know everyone wants to try and like immediately turn this into like a, oh, which one of these teams is going to make it to the playoff? Which one of these teams? They still it, win or loss. There's a decent chance both these teams are playoff contenders um, in the final poll release right before the playoff gets announced. So 
I wouldn't put too much stock in who wins and loses other than the fact that we're just going to get a good idea of who's really, really good. Um, I, I do think there's some interesting notes. I think that Georgia might be the most talented team in the country. I, I think there's a lot of people who really just assume it's Alabama or assume it's Clemson, but Georgia's been recruiting at the level of an Alabama or Ohio State for the last few years under Kirby Smart, and right now is arguably his best roster. And he does, I mean, realistically, he has the quarterback that we've all been sitting here wanting. I mean, that we all say you need all the time. You need a quarterback. And he has um, he has JT Daniels, who I've, I, I mean, as a pro prospect, I actually think I'm a little more iffy than I used to be on him. But I would also argue that he is a very strong um NFL, I mean, college quarterback. Uh, and just pulling it up right now, actually, Georgia is the second highest talent, uh, second highest scoring team on the 247 sports talent composites. So the only team ahead of them is Alabama. So it's just one of those things that's, um, it's worth noting that they're really strong. And then Clemson is fourth on that list, but there is a pretty sizable gap there between them. So it's going to be a great game. I think the the matchup, I, I'd like to see more DJU. I think he has that star potential. Um, I'm really interested to see. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I just want to see Dar- Darian Kentrick um, for Georgia uh, on the field against his former teammates and see kind of what happens. Uh, I'm pretty sure Justin Ross, if Justin Ross is 90% of what he was, pre-injury he's gonna destroy him because Kendrick isn't that good um so I I'm really interested in that um and I I mean we'll see I think the defensive line for both units is going to be incredibly strong I think Clemson I I honestly think both of them are pretty exploitable through the air I so I I'll be interested to see this one I do think that it's probably going to look very I think the score may get a little bit higher than we think because I think it may turn into more passing success than rushing success because I think both of these teams' strengths on defense is on their front four. So we'll see. Um, I do have a play on this game, so I'll I'll give you my thoughts on it when we get to it. I actually have a play on both these games. Um, But talk about Miami-Bama since you're a known Miami Hurricane (laughs) fan. I I don't think Miami... uh, I think there's two outcomes to this game. Miami gets blown out or Miami loses by seven and a half. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I don't, there's no, I don't see a world in which Bama loses this game to Miami. Uh, the it's, it's really hard for me to, to think of this game as uh, competitive. I, I think, you know, while it's, you know, two historic programs, I don't think Miami keeps this one close. I think maybe they get a backdoor cover. Uh, but I don't think that it's a competitive game that we're like, ooh, this is exciting. Is is the upset going to happen? Uh, so I, I think Bama's going to continue to just dominate, pick up where they left off last year, even though they got um, a lot of new players in key positions. Uh, I think they'll be just fine. I think Bryce Young takes care of business. And I don't even know how healthy Derek King is. I don't know what Miami's offense does. And I, we saw we saw Miami got the... shredded last year by so many. Like, just think about the Miami-UNC yeah. game last year. Like, I just don't see them stopping Alabama on the ground or in the air. Yeah, I think for me, King's health is probably the thing that I'm looking to the most for this game because 
so we can say, oh, well, Derek King is healthy. Derek King uh, is capable of playing all that. But what is Derek, Derek King? Are, are you that worried about him as a passer? Are we, are we that worried about Miami's receiving options that all of a sudden Derek King as a passer is our big concern? No, not so at all. Cause I think to be honest, like if Derek King is relying on his arm and relying on trying to beat you as a passer, I'm going to, not be that afraid of Derek King. I think that what makes him special and what makes him what people are expecting to be one of the top college quarterbacks this year is the threat of running. And if early on the threat of running isn't presented, Alabama's defense is going to eat him alive. Yeah. And based on and he's, every, he's got that ACL injury. Like that's, yeah. that's what I'm afraid of is I don't know if he'll be able to run. Yeah, because ACL, the one thing as someone who has blown out his knee in the past, um, who tore his ACL, it does take a little, it takes away some of your lateral movement. And it's, yes, it, it I mean, I, I tore mine in 04. So obviously medical um, uh, recoveries have come a long way in that time and that he could very well be healthy enough to be on the field. But I he's not going to be 100% moving laterally. He's definitely in the amount of time it has been since he uh, uh, blew out his knee. He's not going to be the same Derek King, at least from an agility standpoint. He may have a straight line speed. He still may um, be able to do some wow things, but I would say more likely than not, he's going to. There's going to be times when a, a tackle he was able to get away from in 2019, he's not able to get away from in 2021. So I, that I I mean we both kind of already said it. I, I think Alabama's winning this game. I think they're winning it going away. It'll just be interesting to see is Alabama's offense seventy five percent of what they were last year. I do think that the the change in offensive coordinators is going to make a bit of a difference. I don't. Bill O'Brien is not Lane Kiffin. Is not Steve Sarkeesian. He is Bill O'Brien, and, and we like to make fun of him. <laughs> he's fun to make fun of. So. Yeah. But I think that's where we are. I think we should probably get a word from our sponsors and then we can move on to betting. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's, uh, let's break. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Thank you for sticking around. Before we get into uh, this upcoming week, let's talk about how we did last week. 
uh, Matt, you, it's funny. I went three and three. You went two and three, but I lost money. You made money. Uh, congratulations. I, I know you were excited about that. Uh, talk us through um, your picks real quick. So my picks um, were Illinois, Nebraska under 55 and a half, like we talked about. Um, the game actually kicked off lower than that, but we still would have hit the under. Um, Illinois money line at plus 220. I, I, it was a dart throw. I only had half a unit on it, but to be honest, it was, it, I mean, it, it saves a, not saves a week, but it, it balances out my week. Um, Fresno state, UConn first half over 32 and a half. It got to 31. I was so salty. Um, Britain Brown over 89 and a half. My fear kind of came to realization once, uh, Britain Brown stopped, uh, being a part of the game in early third quarter. He had 76 yards and was breaking off carries left and right. Oh, but, yeah. You know, they just kind of stopped using their first team offense. And that was always the risk. And then Jared Smart over 35 and a half. Yeah, Hawaii was a really bad bet. It came back to bite me in um, DFS as well. Uh, Smart did get quite a few targets, but they were just really bad targets. And I was pretty disappointed. I, I will say this. I was slightly impressed by UCLA's defense. Um, really unimpressed by Hawaii's offense. And it, at this point, you probably won't hear me mention Hawaii much for the rest of the year unless it's in a situation where I'm betting against them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was a little bit upset with, uh, with the outcomes. Uh, I had the Nebraska-Illinois under, of course, um, which was great, but that was one of the few uh, ones that I... I felt like I well, that 500. Yeah, I know. San Jose State, sure, that was an easy one. Nick Starkle is the truth. Fresno State was frustrating. They um they only had 7 points after the first quarter uh and they really should have done more. Uh they got going in the second quarter, which was really unfortunate. They um fucking Jake Hayner was missing some throws early. Uh he he ended up being just fine before he got that full body cramp. Uh but that one felt unlucky. Hawaii UCLA under 68 and a half. I just got lucky that Hawaii forgot to show up. Um, and that UCLA was like, yeah, we can take our foot off the gas because uh, UCLA really could have scored whatever they wanted to in that one. Um, Nebraska minus six and a half. That one feels stupid now. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I will not, I will not be betting uh, on Nebraska probably ever again this year. Uh, really, really rough. Uh, I mean, I'll find a spot. Yeah. I mean, that number is going to have to be crazy. They're just, you know, not a great, not a great coach team at the moment. Uh, Adrian Martinez really disappointed me. He had that one good play that kind of saved me in DFS. Um, but man, he just misses throws way too frequently. Uh, he, he leads his receiver too far. I can't, I can't remember how many times I'd be sitting there watching him and, and a receiver running a drag route and he just throws it like three or four yards. Um, in front of him, you know, that's a slight exaggeration, but um, really disappointed in, in, in his performance. And yeah, I mean, sure. If, if they don't have that weird defensive touchdown, if they make their extra points and that safety doesn't happen, yeah, they win the game, but all those things did happen and they happened for a reason. So um, I just feel like when we were talking about it last week, I, I mentioned when you said you were doing like a little money line play on Illinois, I was like, that's how I'd play it. Like if, I'm not going to take Illinois plus six and a half. I'm either going Nebraska or taking the money line. And I, I think you played that one absolutely right. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was still really fun to watch, man. And uh, we did well. Well, I did well <laughs> on my DFS picks. We'll get into that in a little bit. Well, I guess we can get into that now. Uh, DFS went well. Yeah, we I got, I, I, I made a last second change in one of my plays and ended up getting placing first 
in that one, which was awesome. And I ended up having Britton Brown and Zach Charbonnet in that lineup, uh, which just goes to show on a small on a small slate, man, you can really get creative and have a lot of fun. And uh, and that was awesome. Uh, my regular slate uh, in the tournament that we played, I got 47th and, uh, you know, I, uh, I made but well, it was a one dollar tournament. I made eight bucks. So that was that was fine. Your How profit did you was seven dollars. You placed 47th. Um, so mine. So you scored one hundred and forty six point nine two. I scored eighty four point two with the lineup I presented last week. It was um bad. Uh, <laughs> I had three Hawaii players. That was bad. Um, but whatever. It it was a bad lineup. I I got four thousand eight hundred seventy fifth. That was bottom third. So real bad. And who was, so I lost. Who was the dollar. player that? Who was the player that killed? Was there what, like one particular player no. that really crushed you? It was just Kevin Mensa of... was bad. Jared Smart was bad. Those are my two that were like really low. Yeah. Um. Josh Kelly for Fresno did fine. He actually hit a touchdown called back. And when that happened, I was like, ah, any chance that this lineup was salvaged was gone. Um, Britton Brown, Charbonnet had three touchdowns. I was, I had the other guy. Um, Right. And those could have just as easily been Brown because they both were just carving up Hawaii's defense. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. We don't need to spend too much time on this. There's a reason I prefaced my picks last week by saying, I am not the greatest at this. Yeah. I like identifying players. Yeah, and, we'll uh, see how it goes. I will I think... hopefully improve over the course of the year. And we're learning this one together. And I will continue to tell you things that I do wrong. Basically, on that one, I saw a high total. I said, both these teams might score. UCLA isn't great. Hawaii used to be all kinds of fun. I forgot Hawaii got real terrible last year. Yeah. And uh, I just wrote that off. <laughs> yeah. So, but whatever. I'm going to try and make money while betting. And I'm going to try and balance out and be a little better on DFS. So, uh, yeah, actually, let's... while we're on it, do you want to run through our DFS lineup? I think that one's uh, we can go through that a little quicker than betting and we can spend a little more time on betting. Sounds good. So I will quickly. DFS. You got to wait for it, baby. You got to like wait drops. for it. I got to learn. The drops are new. I'm sorry. Um, we'll figure this out. <laughs> um, so I'll just. Uh, so you didn't put yours in the document yet. So I'm just I'll learn it as we go. Um, but so I started off with the chalk quarterback on this one. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a super duper high scoring game, but I do think that Oklahoma is going to be able to score a lot of points. And I think I th- I'm going Spencer Rattler. I'm like, I don't care. He's $9,700. He's a big chunk of my uh, price tag for the week, but he's going up against Tulane. I don't think Tulane has the athletes to keep up. I, I am a little bit worried that news came out that Theo Weiss is injured. So he isn't going to have, probably his number two wide receiver, but um, yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with Rattler. I think that he's, he's probably going to be one of the highest uh, price quarterbacks for the year. And it's just, we know what Oklahoma's offense is capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I'm dying. <clears throat> Excuse I'm dying. me. Yeah. I, uh, I, I stayed away from him just because of the price on him. 9,700. Um, I wanted to spend money elsewhere. I did grab a fairly expensive quarterback though. I've got your boy Ritter. Um, I just think the uh, the Cincinnati offense is going to absolutely dominate um, Miami of Ohio. So Ritter at nine thousand two hundred, um, it's a lot of money, but I I can see them doing a lot of work. And Ritter is one of those guys who's kind of underrated in his in the run Don't game. Mess with my formulas. 
Sorry, baby. Sorry. What did I do wrong? I just put in 9,200. Don't do that. It it auto populates. Uh, sorry. He's much fancier. Matt is much fancier than me with his spreadsheets. I just uh, know how to use Excel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm guessing that you're super flex. You're also going quarterback. Who do you have at super flex? So I looked at, so after I went expensive at quarterback against, um, with Spencer Rattler, I decided to take a, a pretty cheap flyer. Um, on a guy who scored a lot of points when he played last year. Um, and that is Skylar Thompson for Kansas State. They are home against Stanford. And I'm just going to say this. Stanford is very bad. Yep. Uh, Stanford's um, really bad. And Skylar Thompson is the offense. Um, Deuce Vaughn, so, baby. Deuce Vaughn. We were, we were chatting earlier this week. And when you mentioned Kansas State, I thought maybe you thought I was going to be playing Vaughn. No, but, I didn't care. I was just saying I, I, you were uh, – you didn't want me to be afraid of any of your picks to so we didn't stack. I was just saying I, I'm going Skylar Thompson no matter what because when he was in the lineup last year before his injury, yes, Deuce Vaughn was great, but it was a lot of passes to Deuce to Deuce Vaughn, not necessarily just handoffs. And I think Skylar Thompson is going to feast against a bad Stanford team. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Um my super flex, I'm going with Anthony Brown, uh, quarterback for Oregon. I needed a homer pick in there, and this is where I went. Uh, he's only 8300 I really liked that price. It was one of the cheaper starting quarterbacks that I could find that I, I thought were going to have a, a pretty favorable matchup and, and score points. Um, I think that Brown will be able to rack up yards rushing. I think he'll get a rushing touchdown, um, and I think he'll pass for two as well. Um, I think the Ducks take care of uh, business, but I do think that... Um, it will be more competitive maybe than the line kind of has uh, projected. Uh, so I think it'll be, I think he'll be in the game for, for most of it. I don't think we'll see uh, Thompson until late in the fourth quarter. So uh, Brown is where I went for quarterback. Uh, some of the guys that neither of us are playing, uh, neither of us are going with Bryce Young or Will Rogers. Those guys are both the, the high eight thousands. Any particular reason why you're fading those guys or not, not plugging them in this week? So, while I do think Bryce Young has the potential to have a huge week, um, I, I just—I I mean, we'll get into it. I think that game's going to go under the total. I think it's um, unlikely to be just a super high-scoring game. And if that offense is still figuring things out, then we're talking about essentially we're just talking about a, a lower upside than we would have expected. So that was one I just wanted to face. I'm going to be honest. I still think Mississippi state might not be good. Um, and I think sure. there's a chance that even if they're decent and they do win this game comfortably, there's, there's just a chance. Will Rogers isn't a huge play. Um, and to be honest, I, I really have questions about him as a coach because Jaden Wally was, was a star on them for offense and they chose not to, um, uh, start him this week he's not he is in the 2d but he's not one of the main starters um so i i was a little concerned when i saw the depth chart and with it being the way it was i started questioning mike leach so no, that was fair. where i was at um talk to me about back. your running backs yeah so running back so you think it's going to be ritter um and i i couldn't actually fault you a ton with that thought process i went with a guy that i'm also a pretty big fan of and that's uh I went with Jerome Ford. I think he's really talented. He's now got the full workload. Last year, he only averaged 11.1 uh, points per game, but he doesn't have to deal with dokes anymore. He doesn't have um, 
he's going to be the centerpiece of the rushing offense. So I, I really did want to figure out, I mean, he was a guy that I, I definitely wanted to get in the lineup as my feature back um, at, as if I'm going to spend up on one. So that was where I was looking. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, he was pretty straightforward. My other running back, this one's a little more off the radar. It's this Blake one's Cor- shocking. It's, it shouldn't be. If you've been reading practice reports no, no, for no. Michigan. Not because, not because oh, of him, because Michigan? of you, because oh. it's you picking Blake no. Corum, who you hate. I don't hate Blake Corum, actually. I liked Blake Corum as a uh, prospect out of high school. I thought he was, um, I thought he was viable. I thought he had an opportunity to be very, very good. Um, he chose a bad school. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, I'm not going to immediately knock a guy. I just think that he is. I don't think he is going to be a super duper star, but the fact that Blake Corum is honestly, he's the number one spoken about uh, running back in that room right now. And I mean, I'm getting him for 3,600. So yeah, he, by, by putting him in at that price, he was almost a, not a cheat code for me, but he definitely opened up so I could go to several options. Yeah, I mean, 3,600, that's like a free space almost. I mean, that's that's super cheap. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't go with with my number one running back, uh, Eric Gray, Oklahoma. You've been talking about him all offseason. This Toledo defense is not going to be able to slow him down. You already mentioned uh, that's right, down. They're, they're not they're actually not playing Toledo. Tulane. They're playing Sorry. Tulane. Tulane. Ah, there it is. Um, <laughs> Eric Gray, um, I think, is just going to feast. I don't like you mentioned OU's already down one of their wide receivers due to injury. I think they just rely on their running game. And I think Eric Gray has a has a nice first game um in Norman. I I, I really liked him. And then Brian Robinson um for Alabama. I'm waffling a little bit on this one. I think he scores a, a touchdown or two. I think they rely a lot of it. I think I they re- just changed something on mine. So yeah. I think that they will rely on the running game. Um and what Georgia's defense is really, really good. I do think Brian Robinson will get going. So I've got him in there for now. Um, and then Again, I have no. They're not uh, playing Georgia. They're Jesus playing, Christ! They're, playing, they're Miami. playing Miami. I am all over the place. Brian Robinson. That's why I like him because Miami is terrible. That sorry. So do you remember the UNC Miami game from last year where um, Michael Carter and Javante both like just could not be stopped? I think Brian uh, Robinson Jr. goes off in this game. I was tempted to to do uh, to play a couple of Alabama running backs, um, maybe get a McClellan McClellan blah, McClellan in here as well, uh, but decided to to not go that route this week. But I, I do like both those guys. You do have one more um, running back in your flex spot. Who you want to talk about there? Yeah, I just swapped, you just it. swapped uh, it. Originally, I was gonna. I did. I was originally gonna have Austin Jones in there um, for Stanford, but. To be honest with you, I am. I, I I do think Kansas State is the type of team that is going to play just slow enough that Stanford isn't going to get enough possessions to just feed Austin Jones the ball. Later in the year, when we've kind of got a little more data on is Stanford's offensive line really creating yards for him or anything, then I'm gonna I'll probably look back at Jones because at that point his volume alone will be enough to give him super high upside. Um, Right now, in a game that I do expect to be a low-scoring game, I faded him, and I went for my boy Eric Gray. Uh, So I'm getting two pieces of the uh, Oklahoma offense. Uh, I do wish – there's a part of me that wishes I would have just gone for Mims. Um, 
He was very Mims, expensive this week, though. Mims is so Mims is seventy seven hundred, um, and he would have been hard to fit into this lineup. So that's the only reason I'm. But with as we mentioned, Theo Weiss out, I do think there's an opportunity for him. Um, I'm actually going to quickly just glance at uh, some of the other options that are out there. But Mike, if you are looking to get a stack, um, Mike Woods is probably the guy. Um, yeah, you may hear his name come up again. So um, it, it, it's interesting. I, I think I'm going to waffle on this and I'll probably lock it in uh, very last second. But it is one of those things where um, getting that stack with a quarterback Mims is really pricey, so I faded him. And I do think Eric Gray will get utilized a little bit out of the backfield. So he does still get some of that easy PPR scoring. And I I mean, I just think he's going to be super efficient in this offense. So I'm hoping that I don't get the Britton Brown of this offense and I get the Zach Charbonnet who scores three touchdowns. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I'll go to my wide receivers. Um, yep. I'm playing four this week because I've got one of my flex. I'm going, I'm going with Jalen Cropper in the Fresno-Oregon uh, game. Oregon's got a solid defense. I think they're going to be able to shut down Fresno State's running game, uh, and I think they're going to try to do work through the air, and Cropper is the their alpha receiver, so I think he'll eat. I think he'll probably um, have over 100 Can yards. I, I think he'll get that bonus. Yeah, I hit me. question real quick, because I've heard this idea that Oregon's going to be good stopping the run. They were terrible last year. Why do we think that? So Why Justin, is the assumption they're going to be better? Because last year... There was a guy, I mean, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but there no, was no, a guy no, by remember. the name of um, Jamar Jefferson, Jamar Jefferson, who yeah, basically yeah, yeah. did literally whatever he wanted against you. Yeah. So we've had a lot of, we, Oregon's had a lot of change on the defense. You can say we, um, homers. they, yeah, we, that's right. That's in the intro. We're allowed to say it. Um, so we've got Noah Sewell is healthy. And then most importantly, we've got Justin Flo um, back, um, ready to go. And, and he is just a dynamic linebacker. I think he is going to shut down the run game. They're going to move Thibodeau around quite a bit. Our, um, the defensive tackles are probably the weakest link on the on the defense, but they're going to be good enough against uh, an offensive line like Fresno State's. They've got some size. So I think against this matchup, in, in this matchup specifically, I think our running game, our running defense, our rush defense, excuse me, will be able to um, neutralize uh, Fresno State. I think uh, the fact that we just had to uh, suspend two of our defensive backs is going to be the fact that is going to lead to a lot of opportunities through the air for Fresno State because we're kind of forced to play some guys that weren't expecting to be expected to be starters. So that's why I'm going with Fresno State's passing a, a passing option. Um, and he was he was six thousand one hundred, a lot cheaper than he was last week. My next highest costing wide receiver, I'm going with Xavier Worthy in Texas. I think he's going to ball out. I don't really trust a lot of the other weapons from like the receiver position. Now I do think this could be a Bijan day, but I think worthy will get enough looks um, that for 4,700, he'll be a, a solid play. Um, I'm stacking Michael young jr. From Cincinnati with Desmond Ritter um, so that I can get a piece of that passing attack because I think Ritter will, like I said, run a lot and, and get a lot of yards on the ground. I do think they'll be able to um, get work done through the air as well. And then my cheapest um, guy is Jojo Earl. I think they're going to get him involved uh, fairly early in that game just to see what they have in him. I'm excited to see him. And, and honestly, at 4000 bucks, let's go. I mean, I was just excited to have him in my in my lineup. I'm going to be honest. I thought I had JoJo Earl in my lineup, and I guess I backed out of that one. So whatever. Um, uh, yeah, same so, with me with Ford. I had Ford in it at one point and then changed So it. 
I am going to go with, so I did, I did end up making the swap. I, I swapped in Michael Woods because I do think there's value in stacking your quarterback and your wide receiver. Um, I do think Mims is going to be the top scoring Oklahoma wide receiver. However, I do expect Michael Woods, who was a transfer from, I believe, Arkansas. Um, I expect him to become a, a valuable part of the Oklahoma offense and maybe take some of the the snaps that, what was it? Uh, wasn't it? Oh, what was his name? Who was the guy on Oklahoma last year who every time he got a pass, I just sat there and cried to myself. Um, we're going to look it up because I do stuff live. I don't care. Oh, Stoops. Yeah, baby Stoops was on the field last year getting catches. And uh, I'm hoping Mike Woods gets the, the, those looks instead because he's actually good. Uh, my second most expensive wide receiver is former Ohio State Buckeye, Jamison Williams. So if you read camp reports, which I've been kind of trying to stay up on for college fantasy and for C2C, and uh, I, I do some writing for Action Network, so I've been trying to keep up on a few of the practice reports and one of the biggest ones that i've been hearing constantly is that the best wide receiver playing for alabama in practices right now is jameson williams um he has very he is i mean he is a straight line speed guy so that should give him be a vertical threat for bryce young if the offensive line holds up and gives him chances to do such things or and if bill o'brien doesn't just keep him out of the game he is a dynamic uh offensive option who um, I mean, he, he really, to say that you're transferring out of a school cause you weren't going to get playing time. You don't expect your landing spot to be the former national or to be the defending national champions. And I think that says a lot about his skill. Um, and then my last one is also Xavier worthy. Um, I felt like this one was pretty close to a free space and I think we're going to see his, um, I think we're going to see his ownership this week as something in the range of like 50% because he's just when you get a freshman starter, you're going to get him a lot cheaper than what he could be. And I do actually think that Worthy by the end of this year will be the top producing option for them at the receiver position. And so getting him this week is probably, I mean, we may get one more opportunity to get him below $5,000, but I, I really would think that it's going to adjust very quickly. So in a matchup, I expect them to win pretty comfortably. Um, yeah, I, I would... I'm going to take Worthy as well. So for me, just a quick run through again, I have Spencer Rattler at quarterback. I have Jerome Ford at running back. I have Blake Corm at running back. I have Jamison Williams, Michael Woods, and Xavier Worthy as my wide receivers. I have Eric Gray in my flex position. I'm starting Skylar Thompson as my super flex. Yep, and I'm going with Desmond Ritter. And then I've got at running back Eric Gray and Brian Robinson. Wide receivers are Jalen Cropper, JoJo Earl, Michael Young Jr., and Xavier Worthy, and then my super flex is Anthony Brown. Uh, I think that's great. Um, let's move on. Picks of the week. I'm super excited, man. Um, I want to hear. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and give you. Um, I mean, because the games. I mean, we're releasing this Thursday morning. The game is coming up real soon. Part of the reason why. Um, well, there's a lot of reasons why we're recording early, but one of them is so that we can give you Thursday picks. Um, so I'm taking Ohio State minus seven in the first half against Minnesota. Um, I think they get out to a, a pretty comfortable lead early. I'm slightly nervous that Minnesota might get like a backdoor cover. Uh, honestly, I think minus seven and minus 14 are both super safe. Um, but 
just for fun. I'm taking the first half minus seven at minus 110. I'm putting one unit on it only. Um, but that's just because I like to have a, a lot of picks <laughs> on my slate. Uh, but I feel real good about Ohio State this week. Shocked, though, man, that you don't have this on your card. Well, originally I wasn't. When I started pulling together my board, I wasn't going to play any Thursday picks. Okay. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm about to modify one of my bets. Okay. And I'm going to so, make one of my bets one unit. So that you can throw a care. unit on this? <laughs> I so love I it. can go one unit on Ohio State minus 13 and a half, which is currently posted at FanDuel. Um, I'm just we're cashing that one. That's what that was about. <laughs> that was that was me saying that. So at minus thirteen and a half, you you are paying a price of um minus one twenty four on that to get that one unit. But to be honest with you, I actually would say you can bet this number as high as sixteen and a half. I think they're going to pretty comfortably win this one. I will say there's one dynamic out there that i'm interested to see how it actually plays out and that's uh road favorites um because we we don't really know how teams are going to fare with a live crowd with a year away from it and so teams that haven't haven't been playing in front of a crowd now all of a sudden will and it'll just be interesting to see kind of how stuff like that plays out so i any, like i said I'm any gonna temptation put one on. no. any temptation to to um you you mentioned like thinking that they could maybe do it win by more like an alternate spread of like fifteen no. or something like that. No, just nice, safe, and easy. Well, I'm gonna like I, so while I am incredibly arrogant, um, <laughs> and I am, I uh, I don't like to tempt fate by doing things like I think alternate lines are great, and I think that there's a lot of value. Honestly, I think there is a, quite a bit of value in them. The one thing I will say with something like that is. When you're getting a number like minus 13 and a half in this type of spot where, I mean, my numbers would tell you that this one should be closer to like 21. Um, that feels like a gift and I don't want to mess with it. But I yeah. also didn't want to, I don't want to get too cute. Also, it's just, I don't feel like searching through like six sites for an alternate line. Well, well, I'm just going to say DraftKings has uh, 14 at plus 100, um, which, you know, I like that. Uh, I also like, okay, fine. We'll just keep moving. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I do think there's value in it. And I think that there's, I you I know you love the odds boost and making plays on that. I am just, uh, I'm fairly limited because I have to drive to Indiana and I basically have like right. two books that I can use at that point. So with my limited options, I, uh, I am going to just kind of keep it a little bit straightforward. Yeah, I, I will say real quick, um, if you do have DraftKings, jump on there right now. They have a boost of, if you think Georgia and Clemson will go over uh, and however many people bet on it, the number keeps going down. So it's down to 14 points. So if you think there's more than 14 points, uh, but that felt like a cheap one to add to the list. Um, that's because Matt doesn't get to play those silly ones because uh, he doesn't get to use DraftKings. Um, I, get, I can drive to draft. I can use DraftKings Sportsbook if I drive across the river. Well, you should because you can put a $50 bet on it and double your money. So maybe um, we'll talk. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move on. Uh, we've got our first couple in there. Uh, my next one's the one I'm most confident about. Um, Virginia Tech is an absolute dumpster fire this year, in my opinion. Um, they uh, they had their best quarterback transfer out. Um, their best running back now plays for the Bears. They have lost their two leading rushers. The leading rusher from last year is Raheem Blackshear, who averaged 3.7 yards a carry last year. The year before that, he averaged three yards per carry. 
This team is not going to be good. Braxton Burmeister is not a good quarterback. He only had uh, two pass touchdowns uh, and four total touchdowns in five games last year. Um, I just don't think Virginia Tech is going to be able to hang with North Carolina. North Carolina only needs to win by more than five for me to win this. So I've got UNC minus five. Um, the juice is minus 110. Happy to lay it. Happy to put two units on it. I will say both these teams are one and four against the spread in their last five. Uh, so UNC, he, they, they did me dirty a few times last year. I don't think, uh, I don't think Sam Howell's going to uh, screw around with this one. I think, I think they easily win by a touchdown. I like that one. Um, all right, I'm going to stay on Thursday night because, uh, like I said, originally I was going to stay off Thursday, and then I, I saw Before this Before you number. do that, I forgot. I'm doing two units on that. I'm doing one unit on the alternate minus seven at plus 100. So I've got three units right. on this game. Now continue. Sorry. I really hope VTech wins, yeah. wins out. I'm a bad friend, You're but so I kind of hope they win out right. I um, put real money on these games. No, brother. I'm kidding. I am... I will. I just actually have to I find know. the time to drive. I know. Um, so my one Thursday night game is Boise and UCF under 68 and a half. So both of these teams are debuting new head coaches. Um, I don't think Boise's offense is going to change a whole lot. But with that being said, I also don't think we're going to get the UCF we're expecting. I think a lot of people are assuming we're going to get the UCF that led the nation in pace last year. Mm -hmm. They were averaging 19 seconds per play. We're throwing the ball downfield a ton. We're really relying on that passing game to just open everything up. They've got Gus Malzahn at head coach. Now, Gus Malzahn is a very good head coach. I actually think he's probably an upgrade from Heupel. But with that being said, he does not play 19 seconds um 19 seconds per play football. And because I, I do have stats up in, uh, in front of me, I am going to quickly just pull up uh, how fast they did. Auburn played last year. Auburn averaged 25.1 eh, seconds per play. So approximately six seconds per play more than UCF. So while that doesn't sound like a lot, each one of those seconds is just time ticking off the clock. And it's just not going to move or it's going to not be as frenetic a pace. And um, while I do still like Dylan Gabriel, they're, they aren't going to be as loaded as they have been in years past at wide receiver. I think this is going to be a good game. I think it'll be close. I, I'm staying away from the spread altogether because I, I couldn't tell you who's going to win. I would probably lean in favor of Boise. But the one thing I will say is, I, I don't see how these teams are getting close to 70. I would be honestly a little bit surprised if we actually get into the 60s. Oh, I love that because when I saw that on there, I was like, wait a second, what? Um, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, we talked about these coach changes this year. And, and that's a big deal. I, I, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty sharp. Um, I, I think you've got more um, individual games than, than I do this week. So why don't you hit me ah. with um, another one? Give me your uh, your biggest bet with... of the oh. or just go with whatever oh. you want, actually. I'm going with my Friday night game, which that is Wake Forest sense. and Old Dominion. Um, so Wake Forest, um, <laughs> <Jesus> as, <Christ. laughs> so Old Dominion and Wake Forest has a 64 point total right now. I'm putting one unit on it. Um, it but uh, the rest of my games, I believe, are at minus 110 or very close to 110. I, I'll quickly run through them at the end because I do have them on the document. Um, but essentially, Old Dominion hasn't played in 600. It will be 663 days by the time that a kickoff is since Ricky Ronnie was named head coach of Old Dominion. He's taking over a team that was uh, one in 10, I believe, in 2019. And 
is actually returning some starters, but not a ton. They're starting a whole bunch of transfers. Um, he has failed to name a starting quarterback still um, to this day. They're, I, I just don't think they're going to be very good. And I, I don't really know what they're going to do. But the one thing I do know about Ricky Ronnie is, number one, he's he's in that 24-second range per play. So he's not trying to play again. He's not frenetic. Wake Forest is a little frenetic, but we'll circle back to them. Um, but uh, the one thing that I, I did notice when looking at his two seasons at Penn State is that he had Trace McSorley and he had Sean Clifford. Now, Sean Clifford is not super mobile, but he does a lot of stuff with his legs. So he is going to help keep the clock moving. Um, so is, um, so that was what he did at Penn state. So now there are two mobile quarterbacks smart. Uh, I think his name is stone smart. And then DJ Mack, who people may remember from UCF. He was the guy that came in um, when I think it was when Mackenzie Milton had his horrific leg injury. Dariel Mack was the one who actually came in and played the bowl game for him. So Mack is a very mobile quarterback and they have kind of emphasized that they're going to be wanting to use the running game. And then one of the other things they mentioned is that they really want to feature the tight end position, which goes along with Ricky Ronnie's uh, time at Penn state. He brought in a Penn state transfer. He has, um, I think he has four tight ends on the roster and he's named all of them in press conferences. I, I think they're going to be running a lot of two tight end sets, which will just keep that ball, keep the clock moving um, with non-explosive play. So I think that old dominion is going to try and increase variance in this game by limiting the number of possessions that uh, Wake Forest has. And the one thing that uh, Ronnie has emphasized in his press conference defensively is that he wants to make sure that he's stopping the running game for um wake forest because they just tend to find a lot of success running the ball and so if they're going to focus on stopping the run they do have decent linebackers uh on this team i'm saying it's essentially i don't think old dominion is going to score a ton and i think they're going to have just enough success because i think they're making an they're kind of focusing on the right points of the wake forest offense because i don't think hartman is an elite passer and with them missing Donovan Green entering the year because he's now or he's out for the year, they're going to only really have one receiving option that is a, a real threat. So Jacuri Robbins uh, Roberson should have a very big game, but at the same time, I don't think that they're going to have enough options where they can put up forty to fifty points by themselves. And I do think Old Dominion's going to pretty much UConn this game um, and look atrocious. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Nowhere else are you going to get five minutes on Old Dominion. Watch me. <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. I love it. Keep an eye out because I will no. have an article dropping on that one on Action Network. No, it's so play. good. It's so good because it's it feels like money in the bank. Like I will, I can't add it to my sheet. That doesn't feel fair. But I will bet that one because it's just too good. Um, and I just love that you went that deep into a Wake Forest Old Dominion game. That is friggin' awesome. By the um, way, it's at minus 120 right now. So Okay. Um, that's still not bad. Um, no. My next one, that uh, this one I'm also putting two units on. Um, I am going to recommend that you wait uh, because right now all the money is going on the over and I think the under is going to hit. And that's Fresno State at my Oregon Ducks. Man, Cristobal loves the run game. He loves to move slowly. Uh, since 2000, 
17 when Cristobal took under took over. Unders have hit 55.3% of the time. If you look at both Fresno State and Oregon combined, they're 16 of 24 um, in the unders. So the unders hit so much for both these teams. Uh, we talked about their run defense a little bit earlier. Uh, the Ducks, I, their defense has improved from last year, and they were pretty, pretty uh, consistently hitting those unders. So give me two units on the under 64. Uh, but I think if you wait, it might move up to 64 and a half, um, maybe even 65. Uh, so, yeah, you just added something in the show doc. Um, Oregon runs twenty. Oregon runs a play every 25.6 seconds. So they're they're about they're pretty average on that. So they are they are very slow. They're not going to be trying to run a right. quick pace. Fresno is a little bit quicker. And they get into a lot of third down situations because they run the ball so much. So they've got long sustained drives. Um, even when they score, it's rarely on these huge these huge plays. So I think this one's pretty safe. Um, I'm going to wait to play it till Saturday morning. Um, for the sake of the show, I'm locking it in at 64. But in reality, I'm going to wait. All right, Matt. Let's uh, let's speed things up here a little bit. All right, I got I got two picks on Alabama Miami. Uh, I'm taking Alabama minus 18 and a half um, for one unit. Um, let's be clear. Uh, Betting Alabama in the first game of the year against a non-conference opponent is wildly profitable. So just for perspective, they Nick Saban's been the head coach. Uh, when did he take? I don't remember. I think he took over in 07. But if you just look from 2008 on, which is the basically the tracker of this uh, system I put in, uh, there have been 12 opportunities to bet a non-conference opponent to open the Alabama season. Alabama is 11-1 and against the spread on those. Um, you would have a return on investment of 78.9% if you just constantly make place this bet. It's easy money. He's going to go out. He'll find a way to win this game going away. He always does. And then, like I mentioned, I'm a little bit worried about how this offense is actually going to come out and uh, dominate early because I don't trust the head coach and I don't trust the uh, – while I, I like Bryce Young, I don't necessarily expect him to have the same type of chemistry with the receivers that Mac Jones did last year. Um, I'm expecting this to be a slightly lower scoring game. Uh, so give me under 61 and a half. Uh, it's at minus 115 right now. I'm going to play actually lay two teams. units. Yeah, I'm going to lay two units on this one. Um, I expect that the name that we're going to remember coming out of this is not going to be Bryce Young, but I actually think the name we're going to remember is Will Anderson, who is a freshman um, pass rusher for uh, Alabama. According to practice reports there were a lot of a lot of moments during the offseason when he was so good and so dominant they actually had to take him off of the field so they could set things up and actually work things on their offense because otherwise he was just he was destroying Evan Neal and if you know anything about Evan Neal he's very likely to be a first round offensive lineman in next year's NFL draft and Will Anderson was crushing him so keep uh that's a name that you're going to just probably no by the end of the game this week. So I'm taking the under. I think their defense is just going to lock up Miami's offense. And like I said, I don't think De'Ara King's going to be super explosive in this one. I have this as a lock as well. I've got uh, one unit on it. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm rolling with you on Alabama, Miami under 61 and a half. Uh, one unit for me. Uh, what else you got? Um, so everyone, I, I mean, I mentioned it during our win totals. I think Western Kentucky is going to be really fun on offense this year. Um, so I'm going to lay Western Kentucky and University of Tennessee Martin over 51 and a half. 
And I'm going to be honest, I think almost all those points are going to come from Western Kentucky because I think <laughs> we're going to get the debut of Bailey Zappi and essentially the entire Houston Baptist offense. They're going to be real explosive. They're going to score a lot of points because, hey, no one's picking them to win Conference USA, and they should be. And so give me half a unit on that one because, let's be honest, it's still a Conference USA team against a team I'm not super familiar with. I'm going to just ease my way into the garbage games. I love it. I love it. Uh, for my next one, I am going to uh, one of the big games of the week that we've already talked about. Uh, that's Georgia at Clemson. I'm going under 51 and a half. I'm going to lay one unit on it. I think it's a big time game. I think both teams are going to want to make sure they don't make any mistakes. I think it's going to start off super, super slow. Um, I, I think there's a lot of questions to be asked about uh, both these teams. And, and I think they're going to be feeling each other out for, for a little while before uh, we see some, some fireworks. Um, I think this will be one that maybe um, I'll live bet the over uh, once it starts off slow, uh, just to kind of uh, see if I can double up my money there. Uh, get under fifty-one, but then over like something like forty-four when it when it when it dips and try to get that sweet spot. So Georgia at Clemson under fifty-one and a half, one unit for me. All right, so one of my favorite picks of the week is uh, Illinois at minus five and a half against U- uh, University of Texas San Antonio. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to like hope that Illinois now becomes terrible just to make fun in Nebraska. But to be honest with you, I think this is kind of a perfect matchup for him. Last year, uh, universe or UDSA had a defensive success rate of 42.6%. So they allowed their opposing team to be 42.6% of the time successful on their plays per opportunity. So every time a team crossed the 40 yard line, they allowed 3.58 points on defense. They were creating some havoc, but at 20%, that's kind of middle of the road. It's a little bit above average, but it's not elite. And I don't actually expect them to have many dropbacks in this game. I don't think they're going to let six, uh, let Art Sitkowski really be a huge factor in this game. But then more importantly is on rushing plays, they allowed a success rate uh, just over 46%. Burt's going to Burt. Burt's going to go out there and he's going to run the ball. He's going to run it a lot. He's going to try and play decent defense just to keep the game low scoring. They're going to win this game by more than a touchdown. And I feel very confident. I originally had this as two units. I pulled one unit off because I'm a homer and I had to pick Ohio State. Now that makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, My next play was one that uh, I've been kind of going back and forth on, but, but I actually really do like it. And so I wanted to find a way to put it on the sheet. And I'm going... Arkansas, Rice under 50. Um, Rice is six of nine. Uh, Six of the last nine games have gone under. Um, For Arkansas, they're six and six in unders in their last um, six home games. So to me, this one just screams under. I I just don't know if Rice is going to be able to score. And I don't think Arkansas is going to put up, you know, 40 plus points because I don't think they'll want to. I think they'll rest their starters and it'll be fine. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like this one's pretty safe. I'm putting one unit on it at minus 110. Arkansas Rice, under 50. I like that one. Um, I'll go quick with this one. Uh, Kentucky and University of Louisiana Monroe. ULM's real bad. Um, they have not had a lot of time to prepare. They're going through some shit with their, uh, with their state, having a hurricane just run into it. Their head coach's dad just died. They haven't really been. He's probably not fully locked in. And so they're not going to score a lot of points because Kentucky should actually be reasonably good on defense this year with, I believe they have, I saw it was like six returning starters from last year, which is an average number. Um, 
but they're going to try and implement a new offense this offseason. They hired a new head coach or a new offensive coordinator from the Rams. They want to air the ball out a whole lot more. You know what isn't tip what doesn't typically happen? They typically don't do amazing in their first game in a new offensive scheme. I'm expecting UK to stumble a little bit. And because of that, I do think that they're going to uh, not be able to put up 54 points. My next one, uh, Western Michigan and Michigan under 67. I really think Michigan is going to try and run the ball a decent amount. Now, I think they're going to air it out a little bit more as the season progresses, but I think they're going to lean on Haskins, Blake Corum, and I do think we're eventually going to see Donovan Edwards. Um, And while I do think Western Michigan has a pretty viable passing offense, they've got Caleb Elby, they've got Sky Moore, um, they're pretty viable. I do think that Michigan's defensive start or defensive secondary should be able to keep them in check for the better part of this game. And this is another one where I just don't really see both teams getting in the thirties and Michigan isn't the type of offense that I would expect to get to the forties on their own. So I'm laying one unit on both of those games and I will let you talk about your last play, which looks like kind of fun. Yeah. My last play is my fun one. I like to throw one parlay in there just because it's great. And on Caesars, you can do the same game parlays, which is awesome. So I'm getting this at plus 273, which is delightful value. If you've been doing the math at home, you know I've got one unit left. I'm playing it all on this one. I'm taking Notre Dame minus seven and a half and the under 55 and a half in this game. I, you know, I'm not a huge um, Notre Dame fan. I don't think Cone is going to be like lighting up the scoreboard and being awesome. So that makes me maybe uh, potentially nervous, but I also don't love Florida State. So I, I think Notre Dame's defense and their running game is going to get them the eight plus points they need to, uh, to cover the spread. And I think that Cone's um, lack of greatness will keep the the game from going over 55. So I feel like I'm, I'm in a nice little sweet spot where Notre Dame will, will probably win this game fairly comfortably, but I see like a, you know, like a, 24 to seven outcome, something like super low and not super exciting. Um, other than for me, because I'll be coming home with my plus two seventy three. I can't believe you're rooting for unders. Who are you? I know um, I've got, I've got so many unders on this card. It's cause it's the opening week, man. This, the lines will adjust. The teams will get more prepared. Offenses will take over. Um, but, uh, it's, it's college football, baby unders. I'm, I mean, I've got four unders on my ticket or nope. I have five unders on my ticket uh, because right now I'm going to give you Oklahoma and Tulane under 68 and a half. I'm just going to be honest. This number seems silly high. I have half a unit left. I'm going to lay it on this one. Uh, S&P plus has this around 63. Um, I just, I think we're going to, it's going to be UCLA and Hawaii all over again. I think that Oklahoma is going to get up big. They're actually at home in this game, or I don't know that it's been officially announced yet that they're playing yeah, in Norman. I think they are. I think it has. So there, I've yeah. seen like several reports and then it got, somebody came out and was like, we're not playing in Norman. We're playing neutral. It was weird. But it, I think that with this being a home game, I think they're going to try and light it up early. I, I think they're just going to want to get in and get, get out in this one and uh, just win the game pretty comfortably. Uh, I do think you're going to get a heavy dose of the running game. Um, hoping fingers crossed Spencer Rattler runs, for a little bit in this one, because that would make my lineup not suck. Um, but I, I am a, uh, I, I think that if Oklahoma is the defense that they're claiming to be, which I think the big takeaway from this offseason is they finally have their guys to run the defense Alex Grinch wants to run. And if they are actually that, they should have no problem stopping a Tulane offense, which 
should be outmanned across the board. And yep. I know Willie Fritz is a great coach and I know he can scheme guys open. He shouldn't be able to put up significant points against an Oklahoma defense that is actually prepared. So I'm going to go under. I think this game probably ends up closer to like 62, 63 in that range. Still high scoring, still definitely worth getting into your DFS lineups, but it's a big number. It's not going to 70. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll say about this is uh, last year during the first week in the Oklahoma game, uh, they were playing another, you know, similar type team. I don't even remember who it was, but uh, they just went out, scored a bunch early, and the line jumped to like 80 something. And so I just pounded it because you know they're not going to actually hit a crazy number like that because they're going to take their foot off the gas. So do be looking for those opportunities if you're able to live bet. Uh, do follow us on Twitter because we do like to tweet that stuff out on game day. You can find Matt at Wispy the Kid. You can find me at Stay Fun Laco. Uh, be looking for us for some of those. Um, those plays because uh this year more than last year i'll be i'll be talking about some of that stuff some of the bets i'm doing because uh, live betting is where you can make a shit ton of money because you can be a little bit quicker than the algorithms if uh if you're just on top of things with that being said i'm ready for week one man i think we've got a good board here i'm excited about our dfs i'm excited about our weekly bets um let's fucking go dude this is gonna be awesome you have anything you want to uh, leave our good listeners with bye jackson smith and jake all righty there it is <laughs> <laughs>